Back in the mid-90s, I used to run with a group of blaggers known as the String Team. They were heard as Oak, and quite an experienced bunch of thieves and robbers. Though as Captain Dictator Scarlet, he was our quartermaster. Whatever we needed, he'd locate, and what he couldn't find wasn't worth looking for. Joe Wheels90 was our stopo driver, Troy Tempest was our safe man and could crack any security system within seconds. There was Brains, and he, well, the clue is in the name, he was the muscle. There was this one job we were on down the old Kent Road, a small post office across the street from one of those new gastro pubs. We'd sit in the beer garden and observe. Scarlet with his empty dry martini glass, Joe with his empty orange juice, and we'd chat about how their lives had come to this. See, by the 90s, times were hard for puppets. CGI was pretty much taking over, and the only way to pay for their lifestyle was by turning to crime. They all had their problems. Scarlet had an expensive aniseed oil addiction. He liked to have it rubbed slowly into his joints. Tempest was paying for Marina's coke habit. It turned out she could talk all the time, but didn't because she was too stoned. And Joe 90, well, let's just say he had a taste for expensive women. On the morning of the job, we rose early. Scarlet grabbed his twin barrel shotgun that he had named Cassandra. The rest of us preferred to go unarmed. There was a glint in the captain's eye, and I should have known it wasn't just the light bouncing off the plastic, but a reflection of trouble. It was 9am, and the street was quiet. It had rained the night before, and now there was a fog so thick you could have thrown croutons into the air and sold it as a hipster soup. Everybody was on edge. We'd already had a few naughty problems with Joe 90. He'd been programmed with the skills of a racing driver. Unfortunately, it was 1970s motorbiking legend Barry Sheen, and Joe kept trying to drive the getaway car on two wheels. Throughout the journey, Tempest had been rocking back and forth and muttering, time for action, time for action, under his breath. He was certainly nervous, and the colour had drained from his face. He was almost black and white. Scarlet leaned back in the passenger seat. The tension drained from his body. Like the cliché says, he was always at his most calm right before the storm. Countdown, he ordered. Four, replied Brains. We stepped out of the car. Three, he continued. We crossed the street. Two. We reached the post office and had one last scan of the area for Rosas. Stand by for action, Tempest whispered. As Brains shouted, one, he smashed the door open with a ferocious kick. It's safe to say that in the next 30 minutes, anything could happen, and it did. At first, the whole operation went as planned. There was a mixture of a few old deers with their pension books, some puppets cashing gyros. They froze in a mixture of fear and surprise, although with some of the puppets, it was difficult to detect. None of you fucks move, screamed Joe, which reminds me that we probably shouldn't let the kid watch Tarantino movies anymore, but I had to admit, it made an impression. Scarlet ordered the bank teller to collect the money. She glanced at Scarlet's Cassandra and screamed, Sign off! Without warning, Scarlet blew her away and just kept on firing. Rapidly, the stuffy air was clouded with blood and sawdust and the stink of cardite. Still, Scarlet kept on reloading and blazing without even blinking. I ducked and crawled towards the exit, and all the time I could hear the maniac screaming, S.I.J. S.I.J. over and over. It didn't mean Spectrum is green. It was Scarlet's mantra of, Shotgun is good. 
I don't know how I managed to drag my body out of there without being perforated like a Tetley's teabag, but I could hear the sirens of the approaching fuzz. I scarpered down Bianca Road and was incredibly fortunate to find myself amongst hundreds of stilt walkers parading down the street. Apparently there had been an international stilt walkers conference nearby and they were heading out for lunch. There was no way the coppers would find me amongst these multicoloured peg, dura and articulated stilted acrobats. The last thing I saw of any of my compatriots was Joe 90 speeding down the road on two wheels with stilt walkers being knocked into the air. What a circus. Years later, I learned that the words Sornoff were a mental trigger for Captain from his time on the set of Captain Scarlet and the Misterons. Their production team were on a budget and they would often have to make quick and brutal changes to the puppets. The carpenters would shave a section there or plane a part here. Scarlet would listen to the puppet's screams and the woodworkers asking if they'd sawn off a bit. The words uttered by that poor post office clerk just flashed him right back to that time. A sort of PTSD, post-traumatic sawn disorder. Scarlet is still in jail and as he can't die will probably be there forever. Tempest fled the country with Marina. She became the president of Bolivia but was arrested when trying to smuggle drugs in a hollow wooden body across the border. Brains ended up appearing in snuff magazines like Woodworking Monthly. As for Joe 90, well, I like to think he's out there somewhere, still driving away on two wheels. Welcome to Retrospection. In this episode, for a change, we're not the only dummies around because we're taking a look at the Jerry and Sylvia Anderson puppet series Joe 90 from 1968. My name's Colin, and don't come crying to me if you get hurt. And my name's Paul, and I'm confused. Will someone please explain how this crazy scheme's supposed to work? Are you talking about the podcast, or is that a line from the episode? It, it, it applies to both, Colin, I think, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does. IMDB says, World Intelligence Network, win. Director Shane Wentz Weston explains to Professor Ian McLean how his nine-year-old son, Joe, could utilise the brain patterns of professional experts to become Wynn's most secret agent. It's problematic, isn't it? You want to leap into that now or do the no, cast first? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wetting the appetite there. It, it's problematic, but we'll talk about it. The series has the voices of Keith Alexander as Sam Louver, Robert Rupert Davis as Professor Ian Mac McLean, Len Jones as Joe McLean, and David Healy as Shane Weston. And all of these actors play multiple voices. I, that was a standard, wasn't it, for, for all these shows, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Music is by Barry Gray. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's a great theme tune. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how they incorporate into the episode as well. Yeah, the theme, it makes me um, makes me want to fix tassels to my nipples and dance around well, in a cage. It's got that, it's got that 60s vibe yeah, to it, hasn't now, it? You know, that. Now I've got the image. Go-go dancers. And They'd have to be big tassels, wouldn't they? Ginormous, Colin. Are they still tassels when they're that big? Or are they like curtain poles or something? I think they count as Christmas decorations. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, festive. Yeah. Um, Barry Gray, he, um, this theme features uh, the guitarist Vic Flick as well. You know Vic Flick? I do know Vic Flick. Tell me about Vic not, Flick. Not, per- not personally. 
He's the guy that played on the Doctor No Bond theme. He's the one that goes... Yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It does, yeah. He probably uses him all the time for stuff, right? It's a great name as well, Vic Flick, isn't it? It is. Do you think that's his real name? <laughs> I hope it is. His real name. Real name's Derek Boggins. Do you think his dad's her flick? Oh, maybe if he's got enough gel. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> oh, it is. It really is. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I don't have many notes about this, like, behind the scenes. The MiG-242 that's in this is a reworked angel interceptor from Captain Scarlet and the Mysterons, but I think there's a lot of reworking of models and figures in this show. Yeah, uh, some of the puppets were previously in Captain Scarlet, and then they would be used again in the Secret Service, which is one of the ones I haven't seen. I've never seen the Secret Service, you know? Oh, that came after Joe 19. That's, that's a weird one, because that one has a lot more real people in it. Yes, isn't Joe 90 the last time where he doesn't, it's the last time he uses the old technique and, and then yeah. he changes from here, doesn't he? Well, I yeah. should say that. And Secret Service, it's, now let me get this right. I think it's puppets in the close-ups and real people in the long shots are the other way around. There's something weird about it. And it's also Stanley Unwin. Right, okay, it? yeah. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was that guy who used to speak gobbledygook. Dub, yeah, double Dutch and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. all right. He was he was a he was always on TV when we were kids, wasn't he? It was right, seventies to the eighties. Yeah, for no reason whatsoever, he would just pop up on Blue Peter or something. <laughs> he, he was up there with um, he was that guy that was always uh, beardy guy that was always in you know Rolf Harris. No, 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 not him. <laughs> <laughs> not him. The other one. Uh, you know the one that used to. Uh, always have his fingers in dirt. Used to go like that. Oh, David Bellamy. That's him. He was another one. He was always on kids' shows, wasn't he? Yeah. We had characters back then, didn't we? We did. We did. Can, can you name a single character now from British, you know, light entertainment? Oh, light entertainment. Um, well, even the ones I could name now have probably been around a long time. Exactly. There's, there's no new ones, is yeah. there? No. Mm. Maybe we're just not young and hip enough. We're miserable old farts. For, for, for Saturday light entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> the new Blankety Blank's quite good. Yeah, but that's. I was thinking of him, but then again, he's been around since we were a kid. A hell of a long time, yeah. So, yeah, I dismissed him. Crap, isn't it? Rylan, I suppose he's the closest, isn't he? Bet you don't know there who he is. One yeah, he's one of he's a reality person, but he's the one with the fake fake teeth and the tan. That's the one. Yeah, we're drawn on face. Yeah. 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 This is this is getting strained dangerously close to personal insults. We should we should yeah, stop yeah, it. Just, we? Just, yeah, yeah. Let's get back to uh, <laughs> one more fact. I have apparently when the young actor, it was auditioned for the role or the voice of Joe. Mm-hmm. At the audition, somebody must have told him to be shocking to make an impression because he started dropping F-bombs at Sylvia Anderson. <laughs> he, he has got that kind of um, voice, hasn't he? I can imagine that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to mention um, that I, 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 because it's... Yeah, I'll talk, about, I'll talk about the accent and his voice okay. when we get there. It's... It, one of the things that I read that, that amused me was that I didn't realise that Century 21 Studios was based at the Slow Trading Estate. 
Oh, I knew that. Yes. Yeah. That's not the same place where uh, the office is set, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. It's not romantic, is it? It's not it's at not all. Hollywood. <laughs> it's not at all, though. though. All right. So, any more info? Is that it? Just a few little things. There were uh, there were co- comic strip tie-ins and toy cars. Yes. I'm sure you've probably got some of the toy cars. You know, I don't. And there's two reasons for this. One, I was never a massive Joe 90 fan when I was a kid. Oh, right. Okay. And two, the car designs in Joe 90 are not that great. Yeah, I was going to mention that when we get to it in the, in the program that I didn't really particularly like the car. Um it's funny you should say that you, you weren't a fan of Joe 90. I, I think I watched Joe 90, but I wouldn't call myself a fan of it. I, I was never really into the, the Jerry Anderson puppet shows that much. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not a lover of the mannequin, are you? Uh, no, I've never loved a mannequin. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going anywhere with that. <laughs> I'm just looking at you, Colin. You've got that look in your eye. And I... like, you're like, like Indiana Jones going into a cave waiting to see what trap is going to spring forth. <laughs> I'm waiting for your big ball to come and hit me. Oh, not swinging that in your <laughs> no, direction. No, 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 no. What, one of the things that surprised me was I didn't. It, it always seemed to me that there were lots of Joe 90, but there's only one series. I think this is a similar conversation that we've had before about children's TV, that you think there's millions of either the engine, but then there turns out to be like 10 or something. But there are a lot of episodes. There's 30 episodes. It's one season of 30 yeah. episodes? Yeah. Right. But they're only 30 minutes long. Mm. Just just felt like there should be more, that's all. Oh, you wanted more. This is interesting. No, I didn't say I wanted more. I just said it felt like there oh. should be more. Um, and, and that's it. Right. Well... Let's let's do, deal with the elephant in the room. We have a dad who is happy to brainwash his kid and send him into dangerous situations. Where social services when you need them. Well, it was the 1960s. Yeah. Then we discover that the kid is adopted, which explains why Max speaks like an Oxford Don and Joe sounds like a Cockney street urchin. Could single old men adopt young boys in the 60s? I guess. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, Mr. McLean, you're back to the old children's orphanage for another child. How many has it been so far? Oh, 89. This will be your 90th. How are the others doing? Well, um, <clears throat> oh, they're, uh, they're fine, Mrs. Babcock, I think. Oh, and what will you be calling this wee burn? Oh, take a guess, love. Take a guess. <laughs> Well, I never thought of that. Maybe that is why he's called Joe 90. Yeah, 89. Perished. They're all buried at the bottom of the garden, aren't they? Yeah, it's just 89 <laughs> crosses. That's why he lives in a cottage in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is problematic, isn't it? Yeah. And so I watched the, an episode after this, and he's, Joe, Joe is, kills a guy with a hand grenade. Well, <laughs> he, he's... <laughs> He is quite happy just to mow people down and kill people, even in this episode. Doesn't yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, did I miss something in this episode, or is that because you, you've watched later on that, that you find out he's adopted? No, it's in this episode. I missed that. But, it's her, but you have to really pay attention because, well, it's at the very end. Ah, okay. Right, okay. Because I, I wondered, so I wondered why he sounded completely different to his dad. Why he's like, yeah. oh, blimey, governor, and, and 
the, his dad is like, oh, hello. He's there. a street urchin, isn't he, from Victorian London? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. All right. Yeah. So we have the opening sequence. We get the shot of the brain impulse galvanoscope record and transfer. The big rat. I'm glad you did that. Yeah. Mm. They, they really go for the acronyms, these shows, don't they? They do. Um, but it's, it's par for the course, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it is. Yeah. And so Joe is put into this machine and he's told to relax, Joe. Relax <coughs> completely. Relax. It, it's interesting how this experiment is similar to your dating technique, Paul. <laughs> they're, they're, they, they used to be completely relaxed. Oh, hang on, that does it so right, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so relaxed, yeah. they didn't even notice. Yes, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll leave And that. the sound of the machine that, that Joe is put into becomes part of the theme music, which I like. Yes, that was good. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Maybe I should build one of these uh, transfer devices and transfer my all my knowledge and experience into my son. Well, I mean, you could just write it on the back of a postage stamp, couldn't you? Yeah, that's true. It would save a lot of effort, wouldn't it, really? Yeah. 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 Dad? Why does it just say nothing? Dunno. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. What does that mean? Anything for an easy life? These are just random mottos, Dad. That's how I roll. That's another one. <laughs> that is another one. It, it does look like a huge chocolate orange, though, this uh, this machine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does, mm. yeah. So Professor McLean and Sam Louver, and Sam's like a, an agent for this win organization, they're going to test Joe when he comes out of this machine to see whether he's re retained the knowledge yeah. that's mm -hmm. been in injected into him, I guess. Not really injected, but injected into, into his into brain. Him. I don't know. <laughs> I was waiting for the kid to just scream and collapse when he came out of the machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we learned that when the electrodes are removed from his head, all that knowledge is gone and he's back to just being Joe. Yeah, I can relate to that. Oh, can you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which bit? Well, the you know. just leaves you? Yeah, well, I mean, you, there's no point retaining knowledge that you're never going to need, is there? No, that's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've forgotten your address. <laughs> so we see his house, which is like an old country cottage with like modern bits attached to it. It's it's got a fantastic attention to detail. The interior of this cottage, though, hasn't it? Looks fantastic. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, so Sam asked the professor for twelve hours to come up with whatever he thinks the experiment could be used for, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay." You know. <laughs> when the government guy Sam, you say he's called. Uncle when, Sam. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. When he said um, 12 hours, <laughs> I did wonder how long they would sort of cut backwards and forwards between everybody because it, it seemed to go on for slightly too long. He's just, <laughs> just sleeping in bed. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what's going to happen? Yeah. But why, why are they working all night? Yeah, and there's only, there's only two of them. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Wind's a very small organisation. Seems to be, yes. Yeah, cutbacks. It, but it does kind of sound made up. Really, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So then he calls them back in the middle of the night, wakes up McLean, and then they have to get up in the middle of the night and go to where Sam is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that when Mac and Joe 
and Mac's driving and they're in this futuristic vehicle and they're going down a lane. Mac is shaving at the same time as he's driving the car. <laughs> I didn't notice that, yeah. But you, you know, he, he's a genius. He's going to use the best, use his time the best way he can, isn't he? Well, he doesn't care about safety at all, does he? Well, maybe the car's driving itself. You... Well, then why is he doing the wheel thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Just pretending. He doesn't give a shit about his kid. He's not going to care about himself, is he, really? No. So, But part of the appeal of um, these shows was all the hardware and the vehicles, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because, this, like you said earlier, this car doesn't work for me at all. No, it's one of the worst ones in all the shows. It's an odd design, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then it turns into a plane, <laughs> but flies really low over the ground. I, I assumed that it, it hadn't turned into a plane, that it was some sort of hovercraft-type vehicle because it didn't take oh, off properly. Because it didn't go up. Okay. But in which, in, right. it, but in which case, if you're just going to build a, build a car that turns into a hovercraft that moves along the ground, why bother? It's got wheels anyway. Yeah. Because okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. then they go over a road and the wheels come back down and they, they go back on the road again. Yeah. Yeah. Could have just driven there. It, it, it's yeah it just it just doesn't work does it and it's a it's a horrible color as well yeah it's like a green yeah. color yeah it's no it's no thunderbird yeah. six or anything like that is it no no, no. and it, it's not helped that it's at night as well yeah 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 so we get a meeting at win headquarters they're gonna buy the machine and then sam starts to give a scenario in which joe would be useful he tells them about a mig too far too an aircraft that no Western power can compete with and the Russians could use it to destroy them. Joe's mission would be to capture the MiG and reveal its secrets to the West, thus restoring the balance of power. Isn't this the plot to Firefox, the 1982 Clint Eastwood film? <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought about that, but it is. It really is, yes. <laughs> How strange. You know, you know, some of the effects in Firefox wouldn't look out of place in a... In a Anderson show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, Joe's, uh, I was going to say Joe's expression, but he hasn't really got one, has he? But I would imagine he's thinking, hang on, I'm, I'm going to do what? No? What, what, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, but he's not, is he? He's like, oh, this is cool. This is excellent. Uh, Which I guess the idea is like kids would find that cool kind of thing. Yeah, randomly killing people like he does later. Yeah. yeah. He's psychotic, this kid, I'm telling you. Yeah. He's got so. issues. Can you, imagine, can you imagine waking up and finding him at the end of the bed, just watching you? Father, I think it's time. <laughs> just what he says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam goes on to explain how the mission would proceed. Apparently the Russians would give a press conference about the MiG-242. Why would they give a press conference about a secret plane? <laughs> it's for kids. <laughs> the pilot at the press conference tells them that he has flown the MiG-242 many times. But what he doesn't know is there's a giant, massive antenna above his head recording his brainwaves that apparently none of the Russian security services noticed. <laughs> a lot of them aren't up to much in this anyway, are they? And what part of Russia do you think this pilot's from? Uh, the part just, uh, just above where Chekhov was born. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you don't mean the writer either, do you? You mean the other one? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. What, are you getting deep? I'm surprised me you even know who that was. Yeah, you see, I read. Yeah. 
Well, you look at covers. Yeah, yeah. Comics count, don't they? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a comic version, comic adaptation of works of Czech. Oh, can you imagine that? That would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> I bet someone's done it. Well, I did. I recently read a comic adaptation of the whole of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Really? Done faithfully as well. Why just read the book? I know it was. It was actually quite boring. I'd rather read the book, but you know. So back at Max Lab, Joe Ninety is listening to the recording. He enters the machine. They transfer all the captured knowledge of the pilot to him. Can you imagine if? Everything about the pilot is transferred. Like, Joe 90 leaves the machine gasping for vodka and demands a prostitute brought to his room. <laughs> well, I mean, with his accent and his background, you know, he's probably, uh, he's probably well, not the first time he's done that. His accent doesn't change, does it, no matter what the knowledge is pushed into his no, head? No, no, so he's still a geezer, isn't he? He's still a geezer, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Also, why does it have to be Joe that goes on this mission? Did I miss something? Does this machine only work on Joe? Or can anyone go into this machine and, and get the... Nobody, nobody says that. <clears throat> so wouldn't it be better to, you know, use an actual grown-up agent to do this rather than Joe? Ah, but I think the idea is, and we'll see it in this episode and in the second episode too, where people are like, oh, it's just a kid. Yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. We learned that Joe's glasses have electrodes on them. When Joe is wearing them, he will have all the information of the person, in this case, the MIG pilot. Mm-hmm. When he takes the glasses off, he's just plain old Joe. Yeah. Which I kind of like. Yeah, that's a neat idea. I mean, it, it, if you're a kid, particularly probably in the 60s as well, spy things were all big, weren't they? Man from Uncle, James Bond, yeah. it, was all, it was all new. Um, the idea that you could put these glasses on and be like a super spy would be amazing, wouldn't it? I can see why yeah. kids would like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. except in the second episode, his glasses get knocked off, and I'm thinking, oof, how many times are they going to use that? <laughs> have, I got, have I got another 28 episodes of his glasses being knocked off? <laughs> how many times do they accidentally get trodden on as well? Uh, <laughs> Not yet, yeah, all right, but okay. I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> They also give this child a gun that fires 200 bullets. What, what, why does he need 200 bullets? What is he shooting, pheasants? <laughs> lots and lots and lots of people, Colin. Yeah, apparently. And they give him a radio. And I have to say, they can make this brain transfer machine fit in a pair of glasses and have a small gun that contains 200 bullets. But that radio is not exactly pocket-sized. It's bigger than the gun. It is a rather large piece of equipment, yes. Yeah. Where does he stick jo- it? Wherever he wants to. Is that why he's got that dead stare in his eyes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starts to pick up Radio 1 inside his head. Yeah. Coming through. Yeah. Oh, where would it come through? All, um, all the way up. All the way up. Having said about it, I keep, I keep commenting on the dead-eyed stare of the puppets, but I'll tell you what. I'll take these any day over the James Cameron's blue cartoon men. Wouldn't you? This is a whole different conversation we could get into about Avatar. I know. And, and, and why? <laughs> I watched the first not... one. It was all right. Instantly forgot it. Don't need any more. Exactly. Exactly. Weird. But, you yeah. know, that's, that's another show. Mm-hmm. Joe 
shows his appreciation for these items by saying, Thanks, Uncle Sam, for these glasses. They're gone. And that other thing. <laughs> wait, wait, the radio, Joe. You, you don't remember what it's called? He just told you. Uh, Mark, are you sure this kid's up to it? Hmm. I'm thinking of putting a call in to Mrs. Babcock about Joe 91. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know of it? And he's obsessed with badges. Oh, he loves a badge. But wouldn't you at that age? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, a, I, I was a member of the Warlord fan club um, for Warlord comic. Well, is this, did you go off <laughs> pillaging, rampaging <laughs> other countries? Was it? Was it <laughs> you, <laughs> get, you get your Genghis Khan badge. It was a. It was a. You remember Warlord, don't you? Yeah, the comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was remember. I had. A, I had a secret agent uh, badge and and um and a and a and a flip open wallet thing that had a special number in it. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> really, from me? Oh right, okay. I had an Action Force badge and a, and and I had a CI five wallet that flipped open with a CI five ID. Oh, I always wanted one of those. And they had walkie-talkies that, for some reason, squirted water. Yeah, I remember that set. I remember that set. You, had, yeah. you have the gun as well. Yep, yep. Had and it had a clip, me. didn't it? That you. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I always wanted yeah. that. Damn you. You know, the reason why he just calls the radio the other thing is because it's not cool like the other two things, is it? I mean, he's got the, he's got the glasses and the gun, and the, it's just a radio, isn't it, the other thing? Yeah, I suppose so. And they, surely they could have thought of making it really small or put it in the glasses or something. That would have been cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. So they fly to Russia to the the sign is in Russian, but it actually says MIG Division Final Assembly Unit. Oh, you looked that up, did you? I used uh, Google Lens and it translated it. Oh, very good. We see the MIG being prepared and foreign correspondents have been invited to see this top secret Russian aircraft. Mm -hmm. Why is it so dirty? (laughs) Yeah, especially it's supposed to be new. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit of weathering going on. Yeah, yeah. Why have the Russians invited these people? And why is nobody bothered that there's a kid there? At the, at the, what? The, and it's the height of the Cold War as well. Yeah. Or is it? Because oh. I, I, I found out when this show's set. Yeah, when is it set, mm. Paul? It's set in 2012, 2013, something like that. Is it really? Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. that. Yeah. All right. The guard realizes that Joe has gone from his seat, and Max says that Joe is currently stealing the MIG, and everybody thinks this is a big joke. I, l- I love the I love the double take that the Russian guard gives when he notices that Joe's missing. You like that? I like that. You yeah. Like your double takes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say it's a little known fact that that puppet went on to star in at least three other Bond movies. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. Inside what a pigeon costume? Inside a pigeon costume. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do that one day. A top ten double takes from everything we've ever watched. Oh, we'll have to do that. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is, like, five of them will be from James Bond. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> one of them be a pigeon. Then you've got the guy drinking the wine. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. in two. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind interviewing him. Is he alive still? Probably not, right? Oh, well, if you're listening, wine. wine double take wine guy. If you're listening, get in touch with us. Yeah. We'll have you on. Yeah. So the MiG takes off. Joe is flying it. He radios Uncle Sam and says that the Russians will launch other planes after him, but Joe has the skill, experience, and knowledge of the finest Russian pilot. Well, where's the real pilot in all this? Where is he? <laughs> it never explains, does it? No. 
I mean, they, no, they, all you no. needed was a scene or just a line to say that they 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 take Joe maybe had like tranquilized him somewhere or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It seems mm. very easy to steal this plane, doesn't it? It's almost as easy as it is in Firefox, as you said earlier. Oh come, actually, hey, Firefox is. What do you when you think of Firefox? You think of the film being about Clint Eastwood flying that plane, right? That's like twenty minutes at the end, isn't it? Yeah, I watched it recently because I thought, oh, I haven't seen this in a long time. And I was surprised how much is like him blundering around Russia. Yeah, yeah, it's a spy movie, really, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, and we're full of British people doing Russian accents. Yeah, I think, um, um, and I'm sure that our friend Chelsea Moss would probably know this better than us, but I'm pretty sure Ron, Ronald Lace is in it. Oh, you might have to check that before you do the edit. I'll check it, but I think I'm right. Yeah, it's only twenty minutes at the end. Yeah, it's weird. Like, yeah, I just remember lots of lots Not of lots of very bad blue screen. <laughs> there is, yeah. there is, yeah. yeah. So the guard radios that a boy has stolen the plane. Nobody believes in the Russian commander. Says he tried to tell me a nine-year-old climbed into cockpit the world's most advanced aircraft and flew it away. In fairness, does sound crazy. Yeah, that 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 guard's headed for a gulag, isn't he? Somewhere. Oh, yeah. Right in the gulags. Mm. A gulag always sounds sounds tasty, don't you think? Sounds like something you could eat. Does it? Don't you think so? I'd like uh, I'd like the uh, prawn cocktail followed by the fillet of fish, and uh, I think two two of the gulags. No, no, just me, just me then. Just just one gulag, please. Thank you. You, you think? Yeah, a bowl of gulag. Yeah, sounds great. Oh, it's a bowl. Oh, it's, it's got like to be a, a bowl. Yeah, it's got to be a bowl. No, it's like a oh. stew, a stew, you know. Oh, it's a stew. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Like borscht, you know, you know that kind of stew. Yeah. Borscht, okay. Is that a stew? I don't, I don't know. I just heard it in a Bond movie once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Living Daylight. That might be, could be the one, yeah. <laughs> yes, the Bond film. I can even pinpoint the Bond film that it's in. <laughs> Commander apologizes to Mac, but wants to know where Joe is. Joe says he's just about halfway between Moscow and the Russian border, flying a big 242, and they all laugh. <laughs> they do, yes. <laughs> Other MiGs give chase. Ground to air missile stations are alerted. Joe approaches the border and decides to turn and shoot it out with them. I like it sounds like, it's kind of dangerous. No, no, it's not kind of dangerous. It, it's really dangerous. He's, um, he's incredibly calm about entering this dogfight, isn't he? Well, because he's not, he's, he's the MiG pilot. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. It's a good job it's not a cowardly MiG pilot. <laughs> yeah. They're all like, why, why are you flying away, Joe? <laughs> Damn, we picked that guy, one yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think we chose the wrong MiG guy. And then he's got no qualms about just blowing aircraft out of the sky and. Scratch three pilots, right. they're gone, you know. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine that if you parachuted out and you're back at the mess and it's going, oh, who shot you down? It was a nine-year-old boy. What? Who? A top top American pilot and nine-year-old boy. What? <laughs> nine-year-old boy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he's so cold-blooded, he'd make a damn sight better James Bond than Daniel Craig. Ooh, you mean he doesn't cry? Doesn't cry, yeah. And su suck fingers. Better actor as well. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh, oh! We'll get we'll get emails. I didn't say letters. No, we We're not going to get those, are we? No, no, we won't get emails. No. <laughs> and then he just blows the crap out of the base as well. 
Yes, right. The the ground to earth missiles. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got to attack the base. He, he's so nonchalant about it as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's part of the uh, brainwashing. Yeah. He's like, oh, the Mona Lisa. I hate that painting. I'm gonna take that out too. Whoa, 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 don't Joe. <laughs> Shit, he's gone crazy, mate. He's just blowing things away. He doesn't like hate football. <laughs> how big? How how big were those binoculars that that uh, traffic control guy was using? Yeah, well? right. When he spots the MIG coming in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were rather big. I mean, they were so big they had to be propped up on a stand. Did you feel inadequate? I'd kill for binoculars that big. Yeah, that's when you know your binoculars are big when they come with an actual stand, right? Would you really kill for big binoculars? Well, only if I was brainwashed by the, ah, the rat. By the know? rat. Yeah, big rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget. The big rat, yes. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. So Joe lands at Manston in Kent. Armoured vehicles move in. Joe gets out and vanishes before they arrive. Mm-hmm. And somebody saw the pilot get out, but of course nobody believes him because, again, they saw a nine-year-old boy. Yeah, the, the guy that they uh, interrogate about it, he's a bit e by eck isn't he, <laughs> compared to everybody else? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, he just wandered in. Yeah. But oh, it, it just, it no, just seemed... It's supposed it... to be in Kent, isn't it? Yeah. So everyone else is like... Because they're all controllers and they're all educated. He's the local And he's guy. working class. Yeah, he's working class. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were offended, though, being working class yourself, right? <laughs> <laughs> you took that personally, did you? Yeah, thump, yeah. Where's my cloth cap? <laughs> so, of course, none of this actually took place. Yes. Because this is just Sam, like, giving out one kind of scenario of what Joe could be used for. Yeah, that took me by surprise, I have to say. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. And then Sam asked Max to allow Joe Nighting to join Win, And then we get an argument about whether it's right to put a child in such a situation. I mean, the answer is no. There's not an argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the whole thing is done with still images. I'm like, am I watching an art film? Ah, I thought I was having a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, this this version that I'm watching, there's something wrong with this. Yeah, I was watching it on YouTube. I thought YouTube had gone up the creek. Yeah, (laughs) because it's just flashes of images with them arguing over the top. Yeah. It's an interesting way of doing it. It, it is, particularly as it's a kids' TV show as well. Yeah, I get the point, because it'd be kind of boring just watching the puppets just argue at each other. Do you think that's why they did it? Yeah, to I keep think it so. snappy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, makes sense. And they've also got to, they got to justify why Mac agrees to this. So they've got mm, to have mm-hmm. him protest it to a certain degree. Yeah, but then yeah. when he agrees, he then turns around to John and goes, well, don't come crying to me if you get hurt. Yeah, don't come cry to me when you get your legs blown off next time. <laughs> You'll end up in the garden with the others, so don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry. She's already looking through the catalogue for Joe 91. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So, Paul, <laughs> what did you think of Joe 90? This is a weird show, right? Oh, yeah, I'm not. It, the, the premise is a bit odd. I remember watching it as a kid, and I enjoyed all that. I, I, I think I enjoyed all the you know, all the sort of hardware bits of it at the time. Although I still think that card probably, I probably thought it was a bit weird back then. But all the planes and the spy stuff and all of that, I probably enjoyed it. But thinking about that premise now, father exploiting his son and then using him as a spy, <laughs> it's very bizarre. It really is. Yeah. You, you, yeah. And I should point out that in that 
the ending with the flashing images. That's when you learn that he's adopted because he says something like, he's not even my real son or something like that. That's probably why I missed it because I, was, I genuinely thought that YouTube wasn't working properly when I was watching yeah. it. <clears throat> the puppies are great. Yes, yes. And it, all is interesting with Anderson shows is how you can see the puppets progress from show to show. Yeah, and isn't this... Is this the first time that they did it where the the the, um, the features and proportions aren't overly exaggerated? That they're supposed to look more realistic? No, no Captain Scar. Is that the first one? More yeah. realistic. Yeah, Captain Scar. Mm, but the Thunderbirds one. are all kind of like big heads and. Because the mechanisms in the head were not small enough, right. so the heads had to be bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a certain fascination to the practicality of it all, isn't there, with these shows? Yeah, sometimes though. Well, maybe I should say this in my bit, but sometimes you're watching it because of how you're watching it because of the craft, not really because you're enjoying it as a show. Yeah. You're like, wow, a lot of work went into this and that looks good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's how I felt anyway. It's bright and colourful, which was is always nice. <laughs> you know, cause you don't get that very much anymore, do you? No, you don't. And it's got that great theme tune. Um and, it, you know, if you were a real hip cat, you could get down to that, right, Colin? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, I don't think it's one of the best Jerry Anderson shows, but it's fun, and I kind of liked it. So, yeah, yeah, I, I can't see why this isn't a hit. Hmm. So I, I never watched this as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sylvia, Ander Sylvia Anderson said that while it was successful, it was never the hit that Thunderbirds was. And that may have been because children don't really want to see other children, people like themselves on screen. They want role models. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe there's something to that because I don't think I liked watching kids on TV because I never watched Grain Chill and stuff like that. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you on that. I didn't watch Grain Chill either or... Um... Do you remember um, Why Don't You? Yes. Bloody awful, yeah. that, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never... So I was thinking, well, maybe she's onto something there. The music is great. The designs are okay. Not as interesting as previously seen. Mm -hmm. And like we said, there's a bit of reworking from other Anderson shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but apparently this was... When they say this was made straight after Thunderbirds... This was seriously, they finished Thunderbirds on a Friday, started this on a Monday. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. I certainly liked it more this time. Mm-hmm. And it has made me watch the second episode, and I think I'm going to watch the rest of them. Oh, that's always a, um, a good sign then, isn't it? So for a pilot episode, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think it's as good as Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds, which are my favorite of the puppet shows but yeah i think it's a hit yeah cool i mean it fizzes along doesn't it so yeah, yeah. well thank you for listening uh, you can always follow us on facebook and on twitter as long as that lasts <laughs> yeah, who knows <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and you can download and listen to the theme songs and uh, tunes from all the films and the tv shows that we've ever looked at in retrospection on spotify when i remember to update it yes yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.